and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Nancy. My name is Matthew. And in our podcast, my brother and I like to go back and revisit some classics from our childhood. Sometimes a little older, but this week definitely the early days. We are dedicating this Valentine's Day-like podcast (laughs) to Patrick Swayze. We're focusing on a couple Patrick Swayze movies, Um, one that I haven't seen before. That's going to be the movie we start with. But another movie that I saw in the theater, I saw many, many times in the 90s, Um, and it just, oh, wonderful. We're going to talk about ghosts later, but Matt's going to start us off with a lively, lively discussion about Roadhouse. Roadhouse. It's so romantic. It's so perfect for Valentine's Day. (laughs) I mean, didn't you feel the love while you were watching Roadhouse, Nancy? Um, Matt, I felt the love when they had the love scene. And guess what, Matt? I don't know if you've seen this other movie, but they straight up used the exact same song from Dirty Dancing. The These Arms Are Mine. (laughs) The exact same love song in both of the love scenes it's like i guess they figured this is a great song that works well for patrick for um patrick swayze but i i I like i laughed so hard when that part came up i was like whoa whoa and i had to like find the youtube clip like wait i'm not crazy i know it's the same song i've listened to the dirty dancing soundtrack many times so he did. So Patrick Swayze did this movie after Dirty Dancing, and they actually rode one of the pro- the promotions for this movie as the dancing is over. It's time to get dirty. <laughs> Roadhouse. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Matt, when did you first watch this movie? I first watched this movie probably um, on TV. You know a year or two after probably it came out. Oh, okay. So and, you, you saw a long time ago. And this, yeah. And this movie follows along the 80s action movie genre where it's basically just, you know, fighting and nudity and yeah. really evil rich white guys (laughs) who are greedy as fuck basically and the point of the premise of this movie is Patrick Swayze's character Dalton because he's got to have a name a big I don't think he has a last name either Dalton I think it's just Dalton he's just his name is Dalton doesn't that sound like a brand (laughs) of tennis balls or something yeah, I don't know. Dalton. Which is, that's how that's how Jeff Healy from the Jeff Healy band introduces him. His name is Dalton, and um, Dalton is um, basically like a head bouncer, which is called a cooler, mm-hmm. and his job is to basically be the bar a bar manager, like a bar mm-hmm. club manager, mm-hmm. and he's considered the best in the business. Mm-hmm to take really kind of messed up shitty bars and turn them around into hot, like real money-making kind of clubs that people enjoy going to. Respectable but, places. Respectable places. But um, to do this, sometimes you have to not be nice. <laughs> Even though that is rule number three. Be rule nice. Number three. Be nice. I don't care if they call you a cocksucker. It's not personal. Be nice. Well, what if, what if she calls my mom? What if uh, he calls my mama a whore? Is she? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he is hired to come to Jasper, Missouri, just mm-hmm. outside of Kansas City, mm-hmm. which, if you, as you're watching this movie looks very much like San Clarita, California. (laughs) (laughs) And he is asked to clean up the bar known as the Double Deuce. 
or as Nancy would probably call it, two, two turds. turds. <laughs> <laughs> God, we did not rehearse this, people. This is all spontaneous. I swear to God. And there are some colorful characters that he runs into. Um, two of the people that work at the bar that are not helping, um, that are not helping the double deuce get, you know, have a good reputation are played by former professional wrestler, Terry Funk, who is known for his wild and violent hardcore wrestling where he would like wrestle on thumbtacks and crazy shit like that. And was he the, the former? T- was he the former head bouncer that got fired? He had the he had the mustache and kind of and kind fro. of fro froy curly hair. Yeah. yeah. Um. And singer guitarist of the band X, John Doe, as the bartender, yeah, he was a dick. and uh, in one of the many awesome roles that he has played. Um, and I'm not being facetious. He's mm. actually a pretty entertaining actor. Yeah. He, you know, Dalton comes in to clean up the double deuce. And the movie basically is him um, teaching the other bouncers, you know, how to uh, how to properly behave and not just start bar fights. Yep. Not, not watch as the drunk women in the bar start becoming table dancers yeah. in the middle of the bar yeah. and actually escort them off the table um, or ask or invite underage girls to the bar yeah. and then and have sex with them in the back yeah. and in, in the back, he runs into some trouble Yeah, because there is a man that owns this town and he does not like it when other people come into this town and try and make his life difficult. And his name is Brad Wesley. Mm-hmm. Wesley! <laughs> and um, it be kind of becomes this kind of, you know, one-upsmanship of, you know, who will outlast who in the town. And... You know, things get, you know, uh, get exponentially worse as, you know, for for Dalton Mm -hmm. as time goes on. It doesn't help that he meets a doctor played by Kelly Lynch, Mm -hmm. who he falls in love with, who also happened to be, you know, a person that Brad Wesley wanted to be with. Mm -hmm. So now he's taken her, his... His, the girl he likes. Ultimately, it ends with a really big kind of shootout at Wesley's mansion, which happens to be across a river from a farm from where Dalton is staying at the farmhouse. That, you know that yeah. he's rented out in pure '80s fashion. Of course, it's a shootout where the bad guy dies and Dalton wins, and there you go. While he's having his challenges of trying to um, take on Brad Wesley and his band of white trash merry men, including Jose Canseco, <laughs> there's there a guy. You think the, that one of the guys looks like the, Jose Canseco? The, the guy, the guy who blew up the the main house on the where he's staying at the end the, on the motorcycle at the end, the one he th- rips the throat out of at the end. Towards you the think end. he looks like Jose Canseco? That was the first thing I thought of when I saw him. I was like, look, Jose Canseco's in this. <laughs> I think Jose Canseco was bigger than this guy. <laughs> than that guy. Um, I fucked guys but, like you in prison. Oh, I know. And with his, with, his, with his silver cross earring, yeah. like he's supposed to be so cool. And his puka shell necklace. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, while you know he he's having a rough time, so he calls his mentor to help him, who's his <sighs> sensei. Yeah, his played Obi-Wan. played by Sam Elliott, pre bushy mustache Sam mm-hmm. Elliott, scruffy from mask Sam Elliott. Yes, 
and he's got like long like like sh- shoulder length hair that right before a fight he ties behind yep. he ties the front of it behind him. Well, yeah. And um, Sam Elliott actually said like. Of all the movies he's done, this is the movie he's recognized the most for. <laughs> not as not as not from Big Lebowski, not as like the stranger in Big Lebowski <laughs> that tells the story, but mm-hmm. this movie. But yeah, it's um, it is your, it's just it is like your clear like eighties action movie that um, has kind of a cult following, so much of a cult following that someone made an off-off-Broadway mus- like, musical of it. No. <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. I don't know. This, there's something about this movie that where it's like, where it's bad, it's so bad that it's entertaining, to where you just like keep watching it. Not like you're watching like, like, like a building on fire, but more like you're watching it like, damn, this is really kind of, like, exciting to watch. Because, you know, he is he is representing, like, the little guy yeah. in a lot of Literally ways. Literally the like, little the, guy that keeps saying, I thought you'd be bigger. Well, that's the thing that's real. One of the jokes throughout the whole movie is they keep saying, you thought you'd be bigger. Yeah. Your reputation not, would make you seem like you'd be some six-foot-four like like, guy, but more, you're, like, 5'10". Yeah. Right. But, um... I just, you know, it's not a movie that I put, like, I sit there and I'm like, oh, man, I really feel like watching Roadhouse right now. But every time it's on, I'm, like, so entertained watching it. (laughs) I loved it. I had so much fun watching (laughs) it. I loved it so much. There are, like, there's, like, three things about it. There's, like, three things that it really reminded me of. First off. It's a gangster movie, which we all know I love gangsters. So it's a gangster. But it's also like a Western. But you know what else it reminded me of so much, Matt? Another 80s movie we watched a bunch. It reminded me of Lean on Me. In the sense that... Because remember how... Really? Like, well, think about it. <laughs> you know, listen, listen. Think about this. You mean, so you mean so because, he would be like Morgan so, so he, Freeman. He's Morgan Freeman yes. coming because, in okay, and cleaning up it. the school. Yes, like remember when Lean on Me, like after after like the first ten minutes of you seeing Morgan Freeman from like the sixties being at that school, being a really awesome teacher, it then like cuts into Welcome to the Jungle, and it shows what a shithole that school had been. And he comes in, and he's just kind of walking around surveying the chaos like he's not trying to intervene he's just sitting back and watching it and for like the first 10 minutes when Dalton's at the double deuces I'm like this is exactly like lean on me he's just watching (laughs) what's happening around him and I swear I'm gonna watch it I'm gonna watch that movie too because like that movie's on HBO for another couple weeks and I'm like I gotta get it in but no I just I loved it and and I loved his demeanor like he just was like we're going to let these idiots be idiots and then we'll come in and take care of it. I mean, I just thought his calm, like his sense of calm and waiting for it to just get so crazy and out of hand. I mean, to walk into a bar like that, I mean, the poor band had to be behind a cage because the (laughs) patrons were so used to throwing bottles at them and the lead singer was blind. Like he wouldn't have seen the bottles coming Towards his head. Just, just so you know. In, lot, real life. in real life. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> yes. Um, but, Matt, I loved this movie. <laughs> I had so much I'm so fun glad. watching it. It wasn't it is, slow it is. or boring. or No. Nope. It was so great. I mean, and yeah, it is like dripping with 80s everywhere. I mean, he had his mullet. Like, it was peak Patrick mullet days. Um and the women, like especially that slutty lady who did the striptease that he had to like, yeah. here's your dress, go put your clothes back on. You know, her hair, I mean, like the 80s frizz. Like, I think I think Aquanet must have gotten a credit at the end of this movie because <laughs> there was so much hairspray. But, no, I loved it. I had so much fun. Oh, I would so watch glad. it again. Yeah. I don't know why I hadn't gotten around to it. I guess, I think because of the reputation it had all these years, I was like, eh, whatever. Like, do I really need to watch it? But, oh, I'm, I loved it. It was so much fun. Well, and, and 
It's not, and, and it's not something you can take that serious, but it's got some, like, no. intense kind of scenes in it. I mean. Of course. Right, let's, Duh. Let's, let's, let, okay, gotta ask. Let's get down. Let's, let's, let's just, let's be open about this. Because we're going to, this is something that's going to come up in our next movie, too. If you are a woman who likes Patrick Swayze, you get to see a lot of Patrick Swayze without any clothes on in this movie. I was surprised. I was like, whoa. <laughs> There's some like naked Patrick Stewart. Patrick, I keep gonna, I keep wanting to say Patrick Stewart. It's Patrick Swayze. I, Pat, it'd be you know, very different. You know, your movie. your Patrick your Patrick Stewart fantasies could be part of another show, Nancy. I don't have any. Please come on, <laughs> give me a break. Uh-huh. Make it so. Make it, exactly. But no, yeah. There's 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 lots of naked butts in this movie, and uh, yeah. But oh my god, Matt, the whole the whole these arms are mine. I I mean you you couldn't. I I'm I'm surprised you couldn't hear me laughing from your house. I was laughing so hard. I was like, this is too incredible. This is so this is so hilarious. Yeah. Well. You know, Patrick Swayze has done a lot of, you know, when we talk about Ghost, you know, you can kind of see kind of a little bit of a range, but, you know, he's done dirty, you know, he went from dirty dancing to this, to Ghost, basically, in a row. Yeah, yeah, like, I think they were um, all a year apart. And he actually uh, turned down um, a role because he hurt his knee, Mm. and he was going to play... the role of Cash in Tango and Cash, which actually went to Kurt Russell, which I'm very happy about because yeah. I love Kurt Russell oh, in that yeah. movie. And, yeah, those two together are perfect, though. Um, and then, so because of his knee injury, he goes on to do Ghost. Because, um, oh, I'm sorry. He actually, the- he didn't do this instead of Tango and Cash. He did Ghost instead of Tango and Cash because he okay. hurt his knee Okay. Doing this movie, which makes a lot of sense because there's no dancing. He in ghosts. Basically, well, and he basically learned kickboxing to be in this movie. Yeah, and his um the guy who trained him said that he was so good at it, and he has a dancing background, so uh, you know yeah. the flowing motion, and everything, said that he could go and compete after this movie. That no. he was so good at kickboxing. Not surprised, but um, but yeah, lots of. Lots of muscles oh, yeah. and nakedness of mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze, so you got you got that as a bonus for you, and um, I guess um, there was lots of times when filming was a problem because at one point just a truckload of women showed up at the set Love to try it. and get get in touch with him. Love it. Um, so that became a problem. Yeah, I mean. It's one of those movies where you, it's like, to me, it's on that same level of like Lethal Weapon and like Tango and Cash, where it's like, it's got a whole bunch of one-liners that are just comical, and it's got action, and it's just, it's oozing 80s action movie, and it's not something that you need to really enlighten your life, but it's fun to just fucking put on and feel entertained. I think so everyone I'm glad needs that you enjoyed it for that oh, reason. Yeah. I think everyone <laughs> needs to enlighten their life and watch this movie. This movie was so much fun. Well, okay. I'm glad. Did did you ever see Bradley Cooper's A Star Is Born? Or parts of it at least? Yeah. Okay. No, so, so you know, in that movie, Sam Elliott plays his older brother, and there's always this kind of discussion of how right. he want, like, he's super channeling Sam Elliott in that movie. Like, he he's even taking steroids. He 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 specific he specifically tried to be. Um, he wanted Sam Elliott with him in that movie because he em- wanted to emulate how Sam Elliott talks. Yeah, which is. Which is funny because Sam Elliott was born in Sacramento, California. Yes, yes, he doesn't have, but but he's been known for having that very deep, accented kind of voice. I feel right. like the the Sam Elliott that Bradley Cooper was going for was this this character in this movie, like just the the look he was going for. You know, his hair was mm-hmm. not quite the same length, but longer, and just everything about him. I was like, that's who Bradley Cooper was trying to be just like in his movie. Um, 
So good. I love, I, I mean, okay, so let's, so Sam Elliott in this oh, movie. Oh, so good. Hey, mijo. I mean. <laughs> let's get the fuck out just, of here. We don't need to stay here any longer. Such a badass, right? Like, such a badass in this movie. Yeah. And, and he fights, you know, maybe not with the same amount of action in some ways as, as Dalton, but, um. But all they all they them did their own stunts. So when Sam Elliott is fighting, that is Sam Elliott fighting. That is just so good. Um, I mean, and and so when the credits started, because I haven't watched this movie in a while, but when the credits started, I was like, oh yeah, the first name of the director is Rowdy. What was I gonna expect from this movie? Exactly. <laughs> it's a little rowdy. Um, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. They, a couple, um, other, like, random notes that I just wanted to kind of, um, come out with, um, the bar that you first, that they show at the very beginning. In that, New York, um, maybe? Uh, wherever yeah. it is. Uh, the band that is playing, the lead singer in that band, I was like, that guy looks totally familiar, and he is in the band that is in From Dust Till Dawn. Oh. I was and, and probably other Robert Rodriguez movies. So I was like, oh yeah, that's that guy. And then um shout out to my one of my favorite television shows, Community. Keith David is the new bartender at the Double Deuce after it gets all cleaned up. Okay. So I was like, wait a minute, I'm watching I'm like, is that is that Keith David? Nice. I mean just a man of many talents and of many roles. I was very excited to see that. I think of him um, more from Requiem for a Dream, which, as we all know, a, a I movie to, I won't. As, a, as it was movie a movie, I, I wish I could push out of my brain. A movie I won't watch. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kelly Lynch was great. Yeah. Kelly Lynch, who we also watched in Drugstore Cowboy. Yes. Very different role. Yes. Um, and then uh, also, are we going to talk about the monster truck yet? <laughs> I was just gonna say. Also, the we also get Kathleen Wilhoyt, who uh, I remember a lot from. Uh, Jack uh, mentioned she was ER. in ER. Yes, in ER, she played Susan's crappy sister. Yes, that's who had the baby that she took that Susan took care of. But um, when we were watching it, she reminds me a lot of our aunt, and you know what aunt you'll know what aunt I'm talking what aunt I'm talking about um, later. You can edit this out if you want. But she hecka reminded me of, of an <laughs> for oh, some reason. Hmm. <laughs> she reminded me of, like, she should have been on, like, the Facts of Life or something. Like, there was something else about her that seemed yes. like she should have been, like, we should have seen her, you know, a bit younger. But, oh, that's funny, Matt. That's too funny. <laughs> yeah, do you want to talk about the monster truck? What, I mean, oh I mean, man, okay, like so. I, <laughs> so was the person with the blade boot the owner? Like he was the one that came in with the monster truck, right? Yeah, he had the monster truck. Okay, yeah. um, I I just thought it was like okay, you it, you can't just see it sitting in a parking lot and not expect it to do some major damage later. So when. When evil Brad was trying to just intimidate the other townsfolk, um, other business owners, um, the revenge he took out on the car dealer was, oh, yeah, we're just going to drive the monster truck through the showroom and just over the other three or four cars. cars. And, I mean, it's just like, I mean, I've never been to a monster truck show. I don't know. Have you? I've only seen them on TV. Okay. But this is like ultra 80s thing too, right? I mean... Bigfoot was like like a big thing in the 80s. Like monster trucks are still big for, you know, and kids like them and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we, I, we've talked, like my son has mo- little monster trucks and we'll probably eventually take him to like Monster Jam or something yeah. like that. Like Grave like, Digger is like one of the cars or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, it was just so audacious watching this and be like, yeah, 
this is what this movie is doing. I love it. Like, I I did not find anything I mean, ridiculous or silly in a bad way about this. Like, I never rolled my eyes. Let's talk. I was let's always talk like. About, let's talk about so the great. villain, though. Let's talk about the villain, though. So he's got. So the villain, Brad Wesley. Mm-hmm. Wesley! Has, you know, the giant mansion. He's got a horde of, uh, of these guys who just fight dirty, you know, and, and they don't look like they would ever be, like, together, like they're all that, but, mm. you know, they're with him. Uh, he's got the blonde bimbo chick who he, eventually, you see at one point, he beats the shit out of. Yeah. Did you did yeah. you catch up yeah. on that? Her face was all beaten up. Right. While and she was doing got, her aerobics. Yeah. Um, but, you know... He can't just be a villain with like henchmen and a compound and all this shit. You when they get into his house, of course, he has to have a huge fucking trophy room with all these like dead animals yeah. everywhere, including I mean, a bear. Because we need because we need to make him the most evil fucking villain yeah. of the eighties, right? I mean, it was classic. Well, the takedown of him classic. was perfect. I mean, in the end. It, I mean, yeah, Dalton didn't have to kill him. Nope. All the the all the other townspeople were like, "Fuck you, man! You've been running this show forever, and yeah. we you, fucking hate you, you." And they all shot you blew him. up my house. You blew up this business. You yeah. you monster trucked my car room. I mean, it 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 was it was a lot. But, so good. Um, can we do the big spoiler? I'd only oh, s- uh, which one? Well, you'd only you've never seen. I'd never this seen movie, it, right? but I just knew i just knew obi-wan was gonna meet his obi-wan fate you know oh yeah i, I knew I it mean, like there was just no there was no way. way sam elliott sam elliott is not gonna survive this movie no. because you know his whole you know wesley's whole thing was i'm gonna everything that you care about i'm gonna destroy Ugh. so you know he all of his all his the few friends that dalton made in the town he uh he blew up their he he ruined their businesses, you know he he had to kill you know I love that whole like I'm gonna call you know he calls him on the phone heads or tails you know I'm either gonna take him out or I'm gonna or I'm gonna kill your woman and then he and then he flips the coin and he's just like ah wish you knew how it turned out and doesn't even yeah, tell him what like what dick. what it's gonna be who to protect and um. Then, then the note on the knife says it was tails. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it's just so, uh, so cheesy. But, so, but so good. But Sam Elliott. I'm glad so that you great. were entertained. Oh yeah, no, I'd watch this again. This, this was a lot of fun, and I mean, yeah, I, I thought this was super enjoyable, and I'm so glad that we picked this because we've already talked about a couple of other Patrick Swayze movies and there will be more that we'll talk about over time Mm -hmm. but it was especially fun to watch this movie first before watching Ghost because they're so so different that's the the order I watched them in Um, and you know what's funny is I had seen this movie um, unedited but I think a majority of the time I ever watched it was because it was on like TBS or TNT. So less boobs. So I, I had forgotten how much nudity was in this movie <laughs> or just some of the, or even some of the action, like, like the scene when he rips the guy, oh. rips his throat out. Poor Jose Canseco. I, yeah, it's gross. Like they, they edit him actually like pulling that out and they edit out like seeing his throat all messed up. You kind of think he just like hit his, hit his, um, his Adam's apple or something and choked him oh. or something like that, or broke his neck, yeah. you know, or something. Gross. But, you know, that whole thing was pretty, pretty yeah. gross. And, and they actually kind of foreshadow that a little bit because, um, when he first comes to the bar, like some of the bouncers are like, have you heard about him? I heard he ripped a guy's throat out and killed him, you know, at yeah. one point. And you're just like, yeah, right. And then he, you actually get to see that happen. Um, but there's also, you know, I also think he's got, like, a very good moral code. He's got an excellent, like, he almost, does. like, 
like samurai like yep. he's like a samurai bouncer and well, he, in what he uh, even is and what my like wife called tea. white trash well my, what my wife called white trash kung fu movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i <laughs> which i thought was beautiful mm-hmm. way for her to put it when I, when i but, code this um, movie is that how i should um categorize it white trash kung mm-hmm. fu sure <laughs> <laughs> Slash gangster, but, um, slash lean on me, slash uh, <laughs> western. <laughs> but um, but you no, know, he had like he had his rules number mm. one, which um, for how to do the bar. When the last one being like be nice, you know, and and I, how will we know when that is? I'll tell you when it's time not yeah. to be nice, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I loved how like. He was so smart to where, like, he knew whatever town he went to to do this job to get, like, a really shitty beat-up car that was still cool enough yes. for him to have. Yes. But he did mo- not mind getting fucked up mm-hmm. because every night someone had, like, broken his windshield, slashed his tires because yep. fuck, fuck this guy. Yep. But, no, every he, he knew that, and then he had his beautiful, was it a BMW, I think, so, I think yeah. that he always mm-hmm. that he always kind of kept you know hidden special yeah but i but you really get a sense of what kind of person he is at the very beginning of the movie because when he decides to take the job at the double deuce he goes to get his new car and or his regular car and he just parks the shit car on the street and hands the keys to some guy and he's like what do you think i am a valet he's like no it's yours and just gives the guy the car so you know he's got like yeah, for, I mean, it's, for someone it's like who, he just who has had of, to kill someone before, yeah. he's got he has like a a strong moral code. He's he's almost like it's like when a company hires someone to just come in and fix a specific problem. That person's not going to be working there for a long term. It's just get in, set stuff up, get it nice and run, you know, get it running smooth, and then you get to be. On to the next thing. I mean, he doesn't seem like he really has any roots that he puts down. Like, he's just moving along, and he's fine well, with that. Well, and, he, and did you love how he carries around all of his medical records? Because getting the medical records takes too long. So he's got this giant, like, five-inch thick folder yeah. of all the injuries he's had. And he's, he did the staple. He got the staples without the pain, without the pain medicine, and he stitched himself up yeah. and everything. And did you notice, like, did you also, like, notice, like, how much he was being paid? When the guy offers him the job yeah. at the double deuce, he's like, well, I want 5000 up front and $500 a night. Yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't need to necessarily work there for a really long time. Um, you know, it's like a, a really sweet gig. Although, look at all the injuries he gets. He, his best friend gets killed. Yep. I mean, it comes with a yep. price. For sure. Yeah. But exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. I had a lot of fun. Cool. <laughs> so let's move on yeah. to a movie that um, I actually like a little more than I th- thought I would. Have you seen it? But I've seen this movie okay. before a few times okay. um not in a very long time me neither but it'd been a um, long long time nancy tell us about your experience with ghost so ghost came out early in 1990 i was in 8th grade i saw it in the theater festival theater and this movie this movie was important for a few different reasons. One, you know, I'm a huge romantic. I've always liked romance. And this movie to me is like, hello. Like let's set let let's let's set some insanely unrealistic expectations for an eighth grader for what romance is gonna <laughs> be like from this movie. I mean, you know, just I want you to love me so much that if you die, you will haunt me. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) and also coming off of, because I didn't see Roadhouse, but I certainly saw Dirty Dancing several times before seeing this. So it's like Patrick Swayze becomes this, you know, very romantic lead in my mind at that age. 
Um, and I liked Demi more. We already have talked about St. Um, Saint Elmo's Fire, so I'd already enjoyed watching her and other things. And Whoopi Goldberg, like, who doesn't love her? Um, but, you know, he, Patrick Swayze plays Sam. He's a banker. And his best friend, Carl, played by Tony Goldwyn, who 20-plus years later gets to play the president in Scandal for several seasons, which is bizarre to me. But um, Demi Moore plays Molly, the girlfriend, and Whoopi Goldberg plays Odame Brown, who is the spiritual advisor. And, you know, Patrick... What about... What about- what about not Rosie Perez's brother playing Willie Lopez? Oh my God, you're right. He does look like he could be her brother. So much so, you're right. I hadn't even <laughs> thought about that. I, I totally yes. agree with that. Um, that actor unfortunately passed away a few years I, after making this movie. Yeah, I looked. I saw that earlier. But he was, but he was in Cannonball Run. Ooh, <laughs> he was in. <laughs> um, no, this you know this movie again is just you know. A, it's got a lot going for it. It's it's a romance. It's a mystery. It's a fantasy in the sense that it dis- it or maybe sci-fi, like in the it discusses like what happens in the afterlife and paranormal activity. Paranormal activity. Um, <laughs> but you know, real basic. You know, Sam is a banker and he kind of ends up being in the wrong place at the wrong time. He starts to notice something looks irregular with some accounts. He confides in his co-worker slash best friend what this problem is that he's noticing, and it turns out that his co-worker slash best friend is the reason for the problem. He's, he's laundering $4 million for drug dealers. but because Which he doesn't find out until after he's dead. Correct. But it's because Sam is sniffing around and trying to figure it out, um, Carl puts a hit out on him. And what becomes interesting is the fact that the murdered person gets to solve his murder. You know, that's that's a really interesting element of this story. Um, I need to stop you right there. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. it's not until... Because really, it's not until he is murdered that I actually get into this movie. Because everything before that is just... Ugh. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. You know you wanted to go buy a, a, a pottery wheel. You wanted to go get some clay. You wanted to turn on the Righteous Brothers. Come on. First of all, number one, as the movie opens and they're getting their new apartment uh-huh. and they're doing the demo on it, yeah. she, my wife actually disagrees with my opinion on this. It sounds like Nightmare on Elm Street music. Why are the two guys completely t- shirtless while demoing this apartment? Um, because Patrick Swayze is one of the guys, and I'm sure his <laughs> Ex- I'm sure his best exactly. friend feels like he has to compete with him. So exactly, Who's I mean, just, it just seems that there's seemed, smart it was construction. Gratu- or- it was gr- it was gr- it was gratuitous. More gratuitous on, than the previous movie we just discussed. <laughs> Come on, and then. This movie ruined that Righteous Brothers song for me. Ruined it? It ruined it for me. Are you kidding me? Yes. Because it was on all the freaking time. And it was also on. To the point point where I still don't like it. And it was also on (laughs) the soundtrack CD that I had that I would play all the time. That you played all the time. All the time. Sorry. Patrick Swayze does say that that ceramic scene is like the sexiest scene that he's ever seen on film and been a part of. It's so, pretty sexy, Matt. And and isn't there like why 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 are they covered in clay? And then it immediately cuts to them on the bed, and they're perfectly clean without clay um, on them because I mean, they why? rinse their hands off. Duh, they're not <sighs> stupid. That doesn't sound very, like, heat of passion. Matt, I need to ask you something before we move too far forward, though. Because there's a spoiler I need to talk about, but I need to ask you something first. Yes. Over Christmas time, did you and Sherry get a chance to watch Wonder Woman 84 yet? Have you seen it? Yes. Okay. We did did watch it. Put a pin in that. Just needed to know that you've already seen it. 
I'm putting a pin in having already seen okay. and been disappointed by Wonder Woman 84. Okay. <laughs> um, Whoopi Goldberg freaking won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for this role. She's amazing. Oh, she's great in this movie. She's, she's she is great in this so movie. so funny. I mean, again, this is another element of the movie. There is a lot of humor, and a majority of the humor is because of her. In fact, like, my favorite scene... Uh, like, like, like... 90% That's of the what I said, a majority. There's a couple... Patrick Swayze has some funny scenes. He's super this. funny, especially he's, when he's yeah. when he's fucking with the living. Like, when he's... I mean, especially oh, yeah. when he's messing with Willie Lopez, not Rosie Perez's brother, but could be, and when he's messing with Carl. Like, when he's moving... When he's finally bumped into Vincent Scavelli and figures out how he can literally move stuff around with the power of his mind. Because he doesn't have a finger anymore. What you doing? You don't have a finger. You're trying to push that with your finger. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Oda Brown, I mean, the best. In fact, my favorite scene, it's one, well, I have two, but my favorite scene really is the first meeting of the three of them in the room where she says the, Molly, you in danger, girl. You know, that whole <laughs> exchange because, you yeah. know... She's she's getting mad at him. She's like, you've got a you've got an attitude, you know. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. I mean, I can just like imagine like if I were Molly watching this woman, knowing that I'm not seeing Sam standing right there, you know, having this whole conversation. I mean, but that's probably my favorite scene. Also, the very end, like the whole last ten minutes of the movie, is also my favorite. But anyways, no, I I think this movie is a lot of fun. I bawled okay. my eyes out through most of it, Matt. Like, especially the end. Oh, like, really? Oh, okay. all these years so, later, so, still. Okay, so let's go back to, okay, he is murdered. And then he, it becomes, from that point on, it, you're right, it becomes kind of a murder mystery yes. movie. Almost Hitchcock. Yes! It's an almost Hitchcockian yes. mur- murder mystery movie, right? Where first he's trying to figure out what the fuck happened to him why the fuck it happened to him yep. and then how the hell is he gonna save you know you know like resolve it yep. you know because you know there's this fear that his girlfriend is you know might be seen as involved and get in trouble so he's trying to help her he stays in and purgatory then, to save her essentially yeah one yes the whole like light with like the fairies that come down to take him up to heaven kind of thing and then like Angels. the shadows that come the shadows that come to like bring you down to hell kind of thing yes um that kind of gets a little cheesy for me i don't care but we didn't have any kind of religious growing up religion growing up matt i this yeah. maybe this movie maybe helped set gave me some sense of could this be what happens Spirituality. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> that is what I, I actually enjoy. Like, I'm watching this. I was like, this is not bad. Like, from, from like, the Correct. murder on, I'm like, this is really entertaining. Now, I will admit, and other people have agreed with me on this, that um, later on in the movie, after using Otome to, like, like help convince molly mm-hmm. that you know he is actually yeah. a ghost and is around yeah. and then they have like the moment where he jumps into into Odame's body mm-hmm. and then they have it cuts to instead of it being Whoopi goldberg making out with molly it's patrick swayze yeah. making out with molly but in the back of your mind you're watching it and going that's Whoopi goldberg isn't she making out yeah. isn't she making out with Odame? like there's a little bit of like kind of strangeness there for me and it's not seeing the two of them it's just it's Whoopi Goldberg I don't um, know I lo- I love Whoopi Goldberg but it was just kind of it it's it's when I was first watching the movie when I was a kid it like tripped me out but at because least, I was at least they go 10? through the effort <laughs> of showing that it's her hands Meeting up with Demi Moore's hands. Yes. And Demi Moore's yes. eyes are closed through the whole scene. So it's like she never yes. has her so, eyes but, open to see but that I remember, it's But when I was little, yeah. but when I was little, 
like I remember being like, "What? Is, this is bizarre kind of thing." But I mean, now I don't care. Hence, it's it, hence my question about Wonder Woman eighty four, because okay, they never actually oh, yes. address the fact that it should have always been the guy, not Chris Pine, that she hooks up with. That right. is the first thing and I thought c- of when I saw that yes. scene. I'm like, why are we seeing Chris Pine? This isn't Chris Pine who she's making out with. No. No, exactly. This is some exactly. random it, dude on the street that she <clears throat> met up. Maybe kind of looks like him, but no. They they that, completely neglect to address the, the Whoopi Goldberg of it all, okay? Yeah, yeah, that is that is a good point. Sorry, and, viewers, if listeners, um, if you haven't watched <clears throat> Wonder Woman 84 yet, but... There is a ghost don't issue. Don't waste your time. Eh, it's don't waste your time. I don't know. It is. It's too it long. Is, it is. It's forty-five minutes too, too long. Too long. The ending is unrealistic. Even for a superhero movie, it just. Why does she pine for? I was disappointed. Why does she pine for pine for seventy years? She couldn't have met anybody else in that whole time. I mean, I don't get it. Oh, that it, not even that. I mean. I think we digress. Sorry. Um, but, no, it's okay. But, no, I was watching this movie, and um, I watched it in chunks, and, you know, frankly, I was not really anticipating enjoying watching this movie. So I had it on my phone while I was working, I'll admit. I was not sitting there focused and with, with a tissue box next to me, ready to cry the whole movie. But I did, I, w- I had it on my phone. I was, I was not, I thought I would be able to watch this movie and half pay attention because I, th- I really kind of didn't care. But I started watching. I was like, you know what? I do care. This is not that bad. Matt, it, it <laughs> was mean, up for like you, eight you Oscars. Past, what are you talking right. about? It won two. It won for original story and Whoopi Goldberg won. Come on. Right. It's a so, good movie. So. It was a sleeper was, hit that I, year. I, I, so I was, I, I thought that was kind of pretty great and that I was surprised, you know. I mean, the whole death thing, you know, with everything that's been going on this yeah. this last year can be, you know, a little, a little hard to watch, you know, with in, in some moments this year. It'd be definitely add some emotions yeah. to the whole thing. No, I was pleasantly surprised. Like you were with Roadhouse, I was pleasantly surprised on my rewatch that I would enjoy this movie as much as I thought I would. And then there's the whole scene at the end where, you know, after Carl has been dragged to hell and then she starts hearing him and the light comes and then they can kind of see him and everything like that. I literally just fast forwarded through that. No, you didn't. <laughs> I literally was no, like, you yes, didn't. Yes, I did. I was like, I was How like, oh, the movie's you? almost over, and I started hitting it, and I was just like, I am so unemotionally involved in oh this. Oh my god! And I just finished oh my watching god! It. Are you serious? Okay, so I didn't like super cry through the movie, but those last like six <laughs> minutes, I am just. I, I mean, Demi Moore cries a lot in this movie. Poor thing. Like those tears are just streaming down her face through the whole movie. It seems like. I was her for the last six minutes of this movie, just watching it. Ugh, even, and, and I, okay, so I saw this in the theater. I probably watched this movie 10 or 15 times in the 90s, but I don't think I've seen it in like, since, like, late 90s. I don't really know if I've watched it really? after, like, the year 2000. I don't, I just haven't, I don't know. Like, you know me. I don't really rewatch things that often, and it's not one that's necessarily been in, like, a ton of circulation either. Like, I just haven't looked for it um i have the dvd i honestly think that what i think the only reason why i have it like a copy of it i ended up watching it on prime because it's on prime and that was the easiest way for me to just plug it up on my phone to watch it but i think the only reason why i own it uh, a digital copy of it is because it was free with my account Mm. (laughs) i did not make an effort to buy this movie (laughs) but i mean i i get it at the time it had come out um, it was kind of groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, the effects are excellent. Which, 
And and one thing that I was so surprised at, because I didn't know a whole lot about the background of this movie other than who was in it, it's directed by the same guy that directed That's Airplane. Right. That's right. <laughs> Which we just talked about. Isn't that crazy? So, you know, it's... Um, Good old Jerry Zucker. It's funny, but... Um, uh, I think it was just and, nice and, to and see. We'll, and, and, this, and this really... I was just going to say, this is probably, like... Um, I think I probably saw this before I saw Color Purple. Mm. So I did. I wasn't really aware of Whoopi Goldberg's range. The only other, other than her comedy, the only other movie I had probably seen her in was Jumpin' Jack Flash, yeah. which is entertaining. I find entertaining. I need to watch it. Um, so, but this movie, like, like really kind of leaped her like beyond into being able to do other roles. Um, and she's, she is really like the thing that makes a lot of this movie. I mean, that, that so first scene when he, when he sees her in her room, when he first and, meets her and she's, you know, doing all the facial expressions and acting like she's being mm-hmm. taken over by the spirit. And he is just giving her so much shit about it. It just, so good. Like, I think he and her have such great chemistry. Like, they are so good together. They had really good chemistry. Um, they had good chemistry. I did think it was kind of interesting after the bank scene when she's, like, freaking out about the $4 million. $4 million? She doesn't want... And she doesn't want to give it to the nuns. Yeah. I was like, no, you have to give it to those nuns so you can make Sister Act. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of the Sister Act movies, so I don't know how those go. Neither have I. But, but uh, the, the, I, I think that, the, I mean, that ended up being like the fr- like a franchising mm-hmm. kind of thing that she that she did that really kind of, you know, she if she was not like like on top, like she was on top for comedy, you know, at oh, that yeah. time. And, and when she was, and I remember like in the 80s, like Whoopi Goldberg as a comedian mm-hmm. was um, cutting edge. Yeah. Like with the things that she talked about and the way she talked about them and everything, very kind of cutting edge. And then um, she's so good in Color Purple. Oh, yeah. Which is, um, she's really good in that. But then like this movie helped really take her to another level to where she's the only watchable thing on the view. So <laughs> have you do you did you ever watch Karina Karina with Ray, her and Ray Liotta and the little girl? Yes. Oh. A, another like yeah. 90 Loved another it. 90s movie yeah. that um I remember her in that. Um she's also in um a movie called Clara's Heart with <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, where um she's she kind of He's kind of a bratty kid, and she kind of puts him in his place, and then becomes like a good friend. She's like, she is one of those talents that, like, from our generation of like movie, mm-hmm. wa- movie and and TV watchers, that, um, you know, I think that there's there's like a, uh, what's the word I'm I'm trying to look for like hierarchy, um, kind of, but like. If there is, like, a group of, like, actors that were, like, prominent of, like, their generation for, like, our generation of watching movies in the 80s and the 90s, like, she would be in that group Mm. that, like, that she would be on Mm -hmm. that, like, Supreme Court of, of, (laughs) of, uh... (laughs) We need her on the Supreme Court, okay? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, She would be on that Supreme Court of of actors because she actually she she's one of the the great actors of that of that time and you know she really she really hasn't didn't even need to do anything later but. so i'm gonna guess she's your favorite character oh totally yeah she's totally my favorite character um and she probably has i love the scenes when you don't see Patrick Swayze, but she is talking to him mm. because you really get night. Like she pulls that off to where like you really believe she's talking to someone yeah. and the way she's acting with the attitude that she has where she's like, stop bothering me. Like, and then like the whole scene when she's got the pillows over mm-hmm. her head, you know, that was just, 
It's so good. So, yeah, I think she's my favorite character. I do love the scene when Carl goes to try and transfer the money and all the money's gone. Oh, yeah, that's so great. And, and, and Sam is just kind of watching yeah, him. He's, like, it's he's not torturing there. Him. And he kicks, the, and he kicks the, the chair, and then he types the... He does the um, all work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy kind of thing by saying Sam is on the keyboard and everything. I mean, that... That whole thing is so great. But I wanted to ask you a question. Okay. And I don't know if it would be because of this movie or not. But since part of this whole show is talking about not just about movies, but ourselves, I wanted to ask you, do you believe in ghosts? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I, I have no, I don't know. Do you believe in aliens? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I can say there's aliens out there. Sure. Okay, so, so and, because, like, my, I was thinking about this, because, like, my logic is, I've never seen an alien, but I understand the possibility that they might exist, mm-hmm. because all the science mm-hmm. shows that they might be able to exist. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, after after watching this movie and, like, it making me think about it, you know, I think that because you can't disprove whether ghosts are around or not, just because we don't see like them, like the Hollywoodize Hollywoodization of what ghosts are, where they're like moving shit and all of that, just because we don't see that doesn't mean like there's not one sitting there right next to me right now listening to me record this podcast. So I don't know. I just wanted to know what you thought. I just love the idea that. If when a person dies, if it's not an immediate, you're going going to get taken by the angels or taken by the evil shadow monsters, if there is unfinished business, I love the idea that the ghost can stick around and kind of be in the purgatory to be a little, you know, investigator and maybe help solve the crime. Like, to me, I just, I just thought that was so awesome. I mean, and again, like, we didn't grow up with any real religious background or anything so it's not like we were it had anything ingrained in us from a young age of what to think or whatnot but I just I don't know I like the idea of it for this movie and I mean it's not like anyone ever really talks about if they think they've encountered you know had paranormal experiences or whatever but I don't think I have but then again I don't think anyone close to me had any unfinished business they had to deal with with me, so. Well, and, and I don't know. I guess not, not even necessarily the unfinished business part, but, like, for me, not having the religious background, I've always just kind of believed, like, when you die, your soul just kind of ends up, like, in the ether around us, you know? Mm. Like, it's the light around us, Right. So there is no, like, heaven or hell. Yeah. Like, there's consequences of your actions or your reward yeah. of how your life was. You just need to kind of be a good person because that's the right fucking thing to do. Yeah. And not. But um, why can't that soul that is all around us, like, be present around us? Like I think that's a great and, idea, too. And so, you know... I it, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about a movie called Ghost. Yeah. It bring it brought that thought to mind, and um, you know, it's a kind of interesting thing to think about. But uh, yeah, I thought the whole like light thing was kind of cheesy, but I think they needed a way to illustrate like that he was in between worlds doing the unfinished business part kind of thing. So I think from a story standpoint, I get it. Well, you know? okay. And, um, well, and just think about it this way too. Know. I mean, here he was with, with Otome, who was kind of the vessel to help him explain to Molly what was going on. And then Molly, like, you know, the, the, the woman he just loved so much and the woman who loved him back. I mean, what an awesome thing that would be, you know, for all, all three of them to kind of be able to see each other again one time and 
and just have that, have that moment. I just, I love that idea. I just think it's so great. And I mean, especially since his death was so tragic. I mean, here they were, they were talking about what they wanted to do with their future and, you know, they were probably carelessly walking down a dark alley. They shouldn't have been. I mean, who knows? But I just, I mean, we did not see much of their life before he was murdered. I think it's like 20 minutes into the movie when he gets killed. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it happens pretty quickly. Um, but I don't know. I I love this movie again. I don't know why I hadn't rewatched it before now, but it was a really enjoyable rewatch and still as powerful today as it was when I saw it in the theater when I was in eighth grade. Um, but yeah. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that we paired these movies up, and you know, if and, uh, and that we didn't pair Ghost you know, with Ghostbusters. I know yeah, that was a discussion at one point, but we're like, uh, no, let's just do Patrick Swayze movies. Yeah, I I, I mean, like that we've been able to see Patrick Swayze in. So we've we've now talked about him in four movies. Um, he's yeah. villainous. In two of them, because in Donnie Darko, he's ultimately a bad guy. Um, And then, of course, in Point Break, he's a criminal. The bad guy. Um, But in Roadhouse, he's this, like, ultra badass. And in in Ghost, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, he's a badass in Ghost, too. But he's also just this incredible, romantic, loving man. I think that he... Yeah, I think he liked, like, not having to do something as physically demanding. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he had to, like, have a couple kind of not as action-packed fight scenes. He did have some kind of fight scenes, but it wasn't anything like he was doing in Roadhouse where he was, you know, jumping after a motorcycle and kickboxing or anything well, like that. Well, then he does point break after he does ghost. I mean, he gets right back on the surfboard yeah. as soon as his injury was healed because, you know, that's an yeah. incredibly physical movie for him. And I think he did a d- bunch of his stunts himself, didn't he? You know, and, and he probably did, you know. And then he went, I mean, we could talk about Patrick Swayze's career. I kind of feel like, and I don't know if this was his choice, like he decided to do less movies, but it feels like he didn't do as many movies like over time. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that was his choice or... Because, I mean, I love how like there's some actors out there that, you know, if they're smart, they can really just kind of be like, I had my time and then just be happy doing something else. You know, they could be philanthropic with the money that they make or, you know, be do charity yeah. work or something like that. So Yeah, it's really interesting to see, it's just, it's, it's see two the different choices different actors it's really, make. Well, and it, I just think it's really, it's so tragic that, you know, he had to pass away when, you know, so young. Oh, that. Because he could have, especially, especially because, like, at the age that he passed away, was also an age where, like, you see a lot of actors, like, rejuvenate their career because... You know, unfortunately in Hollywood, like, female actors or actresses, however you want, would like to, you know, talk talk about them. There's, like, this lifespan of, like, oh, now you're too yeah. old. Oh, you went and had kids, you know. Women and of it's a fucked certain up, age. Right? Women <laughs> of a certain age, yeah. Whereas, you know, then you have male actors who, like, it's like, oh, Look at them now. Now they look so like now everyone now you're George Clooney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. now you can have your your career as you, you know, as you get older and um you know, we're not going to you don't have to get into all that, but um it's just so unfortunate that um you we 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 could have seen like a real renaissance for Patrick Swayze's career. So it's just Well, so it was it was hard. And maybe he's it, Go ahead. I was just gonna say, in the in the heart of Ghost, and in the in, in the heart of what we were discussing about the potential existence of ghosts, you know, uh, maybe he is all around us, mm. and 
influencing our world yeah. or not influencing and just as a you know it he gets to live on through his movies and we get to enjoy him and mm-hmm. maybe he's just around us it was really Space. hard watching him be a chain smoker in Roadhouse and thinking like oh this is this is what led him to get the can- cancer that he had and just it was hard yeah but but I, I I don't know if he was like that in real life though I heard he I, I, he I heard he was a, a pretty heavy smoker in real life. but I could be wrong I don't know anyways but these two movies were a lot of fun and you know again leaning into the romance of ghosts being why we picked them to release around Valentine's Day yeah I guess <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe you just skipped the last four minutes of rewatching this or rewatching the last. It was so no, long. It, wasn't. it went on and oh on God, and on. It me? felt like it. I probably I did. I probably fast forwarded like forty seconds. I would have watched half an hour more of them all hanging out and basking in the angel light yeah. coming down. When 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 Odame says says they're waiting for you, Sam. It's time to go. I was like, "Yep, time to go." <laughs> Fast forward. Let's get, let's get through these. Let's get to these credits. <laughs> oh man! So did you not hear what Demi Moore says at the very end? Um, ditto. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, he's like, "I've loved you. I've, I'll always love you." And he, she's like, mm, "Ditto." Yeah, I mean, yeah, she gets to say the line back to him. Anyways, I can't believe you skipped those minutes. <sighs> Matt. You know, I've not, I do not have a reputation of being the most romantic person mm, there is. But... I guess so. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. As I go, as I go hunt down my happy Valentine's. Yeah, as I go hunt down my ghost soundtrack on CD and listen to Unchained Melody on repeat for a while. Oh fuck! I'm probably gonna have to. I'll probably hear it all the way over here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night. She's playing that song again, isn't she? (laughs) No, she's just playing the instrumental version of it that they use at the very end of the movie. Thank. Thank God we didn't say share rooms. No, just a wall between our rooms. I do remember you distinctly. Well, folks, I do remember you distinctly once asking me, Nancy, can you please stop playing Dancing Queen, please? There was a time where you. I was all in with it was all like ABBA for a while. Back to back, yeah. it was like back to yep. back. It's okay. Dancing Queen. I understand. Like, it's okay that you request me to turn it off. I wasn't offended. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, that's our show. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. This has been Fighting Over the VCR. Thanks for listening. Bye. Sorry, Mulder, I need my hands. Three, two, one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> was that Mulder that did that? When we clapped, it scared him, and he jumped off, and his foot was caught in the... <laughs> you okay, buddy? That's... I don't know where he went. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>